1: shopify.com slash retail 23 a lot can happen in three years like a chat bot be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com hi i'm helen and i'm sarah and this is the squiggly careers podcast a weekly show where we dive into the ups and downs of work and try to give you some ideas for actions, some things to help you navigate all that naughtiness that you might be experiencing in your squiggly career and we're also always trying to help ourselves too because even though i think we're about something like 370 episodes now in terms of our podcast we still need lots of help and this podcast is still a weekly way that we help each other with that so it's always helpful to us and we hope very much that it's useful for you too and if this is the first time you've listened to the podcast, it might be worth knowing that there are lots of things that we create to support you and your listening and learning. So as well as this episode, you can get our pod sheet, which is a one page summary, which you can download. It has the ideas for action that Sarah and I are going to talk about and some quotes and things like that that could be useful. We've got pod notes, which are swipeable summaries. You can get those on social. So make sure you're following us at Amazing If either on Instagram or LinkedIn. And then there's also pod plus, which is a weekly session on a Thursday morning where we talk about the topic. Topic in a bit more depth, and you get the chance to contribute what you think and ask us some extra questions too. All the information for that is on the show notes, or you can find it on our website at amazingif.com. And so this week we're talking about how to create
0: clarity. And there is no shortage of people who talk about just how important clarity is in our jobs because there's so much happening. And there was a great quote that I came across from James Clear, who's been on the podcast talking to Helen, and I'm sure lots of you are familiar with his book, Atomic Habits, where he says, most people think they lack motivation when really they lack clarity. And I think we've all had that sense of where things feel messy and confusing and, you know, you come away from a meeting and you just think, I don't know, I'm not really sure what I'm meant to do or where I'm meant to go. That is really demotivating and it's not very energizing or enjoyable. And so we're really trying to think about we want clarity. We don't want confusion. And I think it's really important to recognize up front that what we're not trying to do is use clarity to get away from complexity or ambiguity or uncertainty brackets for some people might be like, unfortunately. So I don't I don't want to start with a false promise because I think those three things, the complexity, ambiguity, uncertainty, those are the reality of our squiggly careers, of the organizations that we're working in. You know, we know there's lots of change happening all of the time. And I think it's almost because of those characteristics, because of the nature of our work now, that clarity is even more important than it was. So actually what clarity helps us to do is to navigate the complexity, not to take it away. And I was reading uh, Sachin Adela's leadership book. I think it's probably the best way to describe it. It's called Hit Refresh. It's a good title, I think. I had um, a copy
1: of Hit Refresh with notes in the margin. So when I worked at Microsoft, ooh, I know. And I think from, I sent not it from him, or just from well, him. only employees got it. Um, and so it was his notes in the margin of oh, the book. Okay. But I think I sent it to somebody, and I might not oh. have had it back. <laughs> Are you allowed to do that? Is that like insider trading? Oh, gosh, no. Well, Satchin Adela's words. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure they could have leaked. I don't think I'm the uh, person. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't under lock and key. It was
0: printed for like 100,000 employees. Uh, fair enough. So the reason I ordered that book to read, A, it's actually fascinating. The kind of Microsoft story and his story is fascinating. But he talks a lot about leadership traits and his sort of number one is around clarity. And particularly where I think in Microsoft, he describes... You know, the reason it's called Hit Refresh was not a sort of starting from scratch, but a really quite big cultural change that he was trying to, you know, inspire across lots of different people in lots of different places. Yeah, again and again, he came back to, well, if we don't have that clarity, it's really hard to achieve our objectives.
1: And just, I was thinking when you're talking then about... um... I think there are some books out at the moment, one of which is on my desk. Shane Parrish's Clear Thinking. And I think people like James Clear get cited in this area. I think Adam Grant gets cited in this area. You've just talked about Sachin Adela in this area. It's quite male focused. I think a oh, lot shocker of- Shocker. The... I know. The I know. Is, is the business books are male focused. Really. <laughs> That's the... not new news, is it? It's, <laughs> not, it's not like an anti-men say, but I, I think a lot of the thought contributors to Creating Clarity are, at the moment at least, men. And it just makes me think, Oh, I wonder whether that skews the advice or insights that we get. So we'll, we'll try to be unskewed because we're definitely reviewing some of their work and contributing some of our own ideas to create clarity too in this episode. But yeah, a thought to ponder on whether there there is a sort of the gender bias in where we're getting this information from at the moment in terms of how to create clarity affects the actions that are shared.
0: Well, one of the things that Helen and I have observed this week in preparing for the podcast, and this is different every week, is there is a lot talked about in terms of the importance of clarity, but very little that we can share with you where we say, oh, there's lots of how-to out there. There's lots of how to develop the skill of clarity. So certainly if you're listening and you've come across something brilliant, please share it with us, Helen Sarah at squigglycareers.com. So actually a lot of what we're going to talk about today, our ideas... And a mixture of also things that we have observed from people who we think do this really well. I think we do have a bit of an advantage today that this is one of Helen's super skills. We came to that conclusion as we were preparing for this. I was like, actually, this is one of the things that you're brilliant at. This is why we've got some really good ideas here. So we have that advantage of Helen being incredible at this. And I think we both worked with and for some people where we think they've done a good job of this too. So borrowed a bit of their brilliance and come up with our ideas. But there's not as many resources to point
1: you to today. So one of the things that might be useful to reflect on first in your own work and experience is what clarity is currently missing. That might be things like objectives and goals. It could be in people's roles and responsibilities or... Or you might be picking up a lack of clarity in the processes in terms of how the team is operating. So good to sort of spot where the problem might be starting, and then what also might be useful to have a <laughs> I think say, about a bit nervous laughter yeah, is where there isn't clarity in those things that we just mentioned. What is the likely impact? So, a couple of things that we might notice. I'll do a few. Sarah, and you could you could do a few. So, where you haven't got clarity in like objectives and role responsibility processes, what you might be seeing in terms of the impact is a duplication of tasks. So, you know, different people doing the same thing. Tasks that fall through the cracks. So, this assumption that someone's getting it done, but no one's actually picked it up. Deadlines constantly slipping. Maybe a reduction in quality. So, more mistakes being made there might be a lack of clarity about who is making the decision or you might be getting lots of different views on priorities and that could lead to some potentially quite uncomfortable discussions a bit later in the day than they need to be and then just no shared goals or objectives so people kind of may be feeling a bit frustrated you might get a sense of frustration in meetings where people feel like you know priorities are changing and what are we doing this for anyway sarah
0: and it's interesting because I think, I mean, the reason we were sort of slightly nervously laughing to ourselves is over the last couple of weeks, I think at least 50% of those things we have seen in our company. For example, there was one thing that Helen did recently that was quite time consuming. It was recording a video about something, and we were like, oh, yeah, it's important. So Helen did it, and I was like, oh, well, like, great, we've got that done now. And then two weeks later, I have literally found that we have done that video before and we'd forgotten about it. And you know, and you're just like, how has that happened? And you really like beat yourself up about it because you're like, oh, it's such a waste of time. And Helen's had to do something twice. And then
1: we had a bit yeah, of but like I was a... the person that did it, if anyone should have remembered I saying felt the same awful words about to it. Us.
0: Yeah, I know. But you know, just like, I think because I hate the idea of it's like time wasted, isn't it? It's like the do. opposite of time well spent. It really like, really gets to me in my like critical brain. And then like tasks falling through the cracks. We've like had a bit of that and not being clear about some things. But I think in my ahead I hadn't necessarily gone to, oh, it's a lack of clarity that's causing that problem. I think I'd perhaps been either too tactical about it, or you just kind of beat yourself up and be like, oh I'm not I'm not on top of stuff enough. Mm. Um I need I need to sort myself out and like why do we not know that? Whereas actually when I started to read this list and I was looking at a few of the articles and they mentioned these same things, I was like, oh okay. Actually the starting place to get to better is actually look at like why have you not got clarity or what would creating clarity look like and then you actually stop some of these things happening so I was like oh that's quite a I went from being demotivated <laughs> about some of these things to feeling more motivated to be like oh okay well at least hopefully some of the things we're going to talk about today can help you get to a better place
1: yeah I think it helps you to reframe blame a bit doesn't it you know not blaming myself or blaming somebody else like creating yeah. clarity feels like a much more constructive way to respond to something when when these sorts of things are going wrong
0: and we also talked about, it's also interesting to spot where and when in your week is confusion most likely to occur. So are there any repeated patterns where you're more in confusion land than clarity land? And maybe not. Maybe it's sporadic and a bit ad hoc and this might, be, might not be useful. But we certainly both observed. It's like, well, is it in meetings? Maybe a bit less so for us. Is it in email? Well, we don't use that much email internally. So actually our, our the kind of emails feel fine, but we do use Microsoft Teams and there are a lot of messages kicking around in Microsoft Teams. And Helen and I were both saying almost then some of the processes that sit around that do mean probably tasks get duplicated, things fall through the cracks, those kind of things. So I think almost tech that is designed to make our life easier can also sometimes do the opposite so you know I think my one of the kind of questions I got to I was like oh where is tech creating confusion rather than clarity for us and I think we haven't quite figured out yet the you know and I'm sure everyone listening like relates to this in some sort of tech way you know just like volume of messages making sure nothing gets missed making sure the right people do the right things and I can just think of so many examples of where that creates confusion for us. And then those things happen. And I think the point is sort of not to blame the tech either. I think it's really easy to blame the tech because we all love to do it. And it's sort of faceless, isn't it? It's just like, I'm just going to blame teams, the teams channels. <laughs> and like, okay, well, that doesn't really move you forward. But also, it might be different for you. You, I, I can think back to other organizations where meetings weren't always super clear. You know, there might have been meetings where Maybe you didn't say anything because you thought, well, maybe everyone else is really clear. And then you realise afterwards, no one's actually done anything. You know, there's meetings and then you come back together and you like talk about and you're like, we're either having the same conversation again, or nothing has moved forward. I remember those days quite well.
1: <laughs> so the question, <laughs> maybe to reflect on, and we've got a couple of these, but I think, what are your confusion creators? Um, <laughs> and I think it could be places, like Teams for us. Uh, it could be processes. Like, you're like that never works. It could even be people. People. I think some people are like confusion creators because they just go round and round in circles, and they never get to the point. And then they're like they contradict themselves. (laughs) So we'll, we'll come up with some solutions for you. But I think, you know, where and what are your confusion creators is a useful thing for you to be aware of. And maybe some other prompts, just that you can really spot where this might be causing some problems or slowing you down. What doesn't make sense at the moment? Or maybe what's feeling a little bit muddled? Or where do we repeatedly leave conversations sort of more confused than we started them? I think any of those things might help you to spot where sort of confusion is leaking into your work and where we might want to help you to create a bit more clarity.
0: I'm now distracted by thinking, do I create confusion? I think sometimes. I mean, it wasn't wasn't passive aggressive feedback. I was trying to give you a bit of a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking, There are times where I think my personality might prompt confusion
1: rather than clarity. Well, it might be useful for you to get some clarity feedback, which we'll talk about. We're going to talk about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to split the second part of the podcast into two areas. We're going to talk about creating clarity, some techniques that we just think are helpful for all of us to practice and to use, and then some creating clarity tactics. So smaller, really specific actions that, again, you might want to try out. So the first
1: technique that is useful is mirroring. This is where you are effectively playing back what someone has said. And you can do this in a few different ways. So sometimes I will mirror in, often it's in one-to-ones or in coaching sessions, I often use this technique. I'll be listening to somebody and then I'll be catching how many times they say the same word. So I'm literally picking out a word. It might be Sarah might say... I'll focus 10 times in like a 10 minute conversation. And I'll probably just say, just before we go on, it's worth noting that you said focus 10 times in the last 10 minutes is that something you want to talk about? And so I'm literally yes, just... Mi- yes, yeah, Obviously, 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 <laughs> obviously. There's some more feedback for you. No? But um, so sometimes you might sort of mirror because you're holding a mirror up to words that people realise they haven't said. Sometimes it's statements. Sometimes I'll listen to something that someone's saying and there's either like a particularly emotive or assumptive statement that someone's making. And I'm thinking, or oh, it's just something I can't really... When you're listening, it almost jars. When I'm listening to someone say something, I'm like, ooh, that's an interesting little statement and i might then <laughs> just say look again look before we go on there was one thing that you said that i just want to play back to you because i'd like to hear a bit more about what you think and i'll literally play back that statement so mirroring does not have to be oh sarah let me tell you everything you said in the last minute it's that's kind of hard for you to write down and i think yeah you're probably not listening in the right way if that's what you're trying to do it's the particular statements that stick out and I think words that people have said more than once that are really useful to play back to create clarity.
0: And I do think this works in a team or a group environment as well. Funnily enough, I think I would be more likely to use this in a meeting. So I might say um one of the things I've heard pretty much everyone say today is relentless or whatever it might be. So I'm sensing that, you know, there's a feeling of overwhelm or something like that. So I think it's also interesting to see consistency with mirroring, you know, when you've got multiple people in a group or in a meeting. So I think it can work both one-to-one and in a meeting as well. I've
1: sometimes even used it on Teams. There's been a word that I've typed in, well, like this isn't an advertisement for Microsoft, but when we, it's just what we run our business on. I'll, I'll type in a certain word, like I could type in overwhelm or something like that. And I can see how many times different people in the team have maybe typed that word in. It's quite interesting and like mirror, like, oh, in the last month, we've done, you know, 12 different posts on Teams that have included this particular word. There's just an interesting way that you doesn't always have to be when you're listening to people. I think actually our words exist in more than one place and that's what you're mirroring back. So the second
0: creating clarity technique is summarising. So this is different to mirroring. Mirroring, we are repeating the exact words and phrases that we have heard someone or a group of people say. Summarising is your version of the key and most important points. So I think the reason this creates clarity is it, it sort of has a dual benefit. It creates clarity for you because it's a forcing function to think, well... What do I think the summary is of what I've heard in the last half an hour or in the last 15 minutes? But also you're sharing your interpretation as a way to sense check. Well, is this what everybody else thinks too? I have seen this technique work so well. You know, when you've had meetings that have been messy or meandering, or just maybe there is a lot of complexity. So I'm not trying to kill the complexity because some things are, that—that that is the nature. You know, there there is a lot to grasp and to juggle But then I've seen somebody just say, okay, so between now and when we're next together, I'm just going to summarize what I think the three key things are that we need to move forward. And they say one, two, three, they're very clear about who's taking those actions and then kind of what happens next. So I think the summarizing also encourages people to, you know, you still have the conversation, you go in different directions, you can still think big and zoom out. But then the summarizing, I think actually does zoom you in. It zooms you in, what's most important now, what's going to happen next and then you move forward and you don't have to ignore the other stuff but it just creates clarity for everybody.
1: So the third technique is to use clarifying questions. So these are about asking questions to specifically make sure that something is clear. Sarah and I were doing this earlier, actually. We were having um, a meeting about some progress we're trying to make on a couple of projects. And we were having to be very, very specific about, well, who is doing what? And when are we doing it? And what happens next? And those are the types of questions we're talking about when you're trying to clarify. It might sound like, what's the first action that everyone's going to take? what's your most important priority over the next week who needs to do what first it's those types of questions and I think sometimes these types of clarifying questions they can feel a bit confronting so because it can feel maybe even like a bit you asked micro. me one earlier did, did, did <laughs> when I... we were talking about those
0: projects you were like well where is that saved and I was like oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> and I was like it's funny isn't it because you're like that is quite confronting because I was thinking well Oh well, I, I hope it's in the shared drive, but 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 now I'm not sure. Um, but it's a very important clarifying question because if it's not there, and then you, whenever it is, get to doing your your contribution to that piece of work, and then I'm not around, I then become a bottleneck. Mm. And so I think you you have to be kind of quite ready for you're not trying to you know you weren't trying to blame me there, but you were just going yeah, but but is it there? Because if I if it's not, it it
1: creates confusion rather than clarity. And these aren't the only types of questions that you can ask in a working week. I think if all you are asking was clarifying Imagine. questions, yeah, you're sort of. We were thinking these types of questions they can feel quite reductive, you know, like mm. it's sort of like what's the answer? Whereas, you know, we've done a podcast episode before on questioning, and sometimes you want more expansive questions, you know, what if we did this? You know, <laughs> sort of larger questions. But these ones are designed to be detailed in terms of their answer and specific. So you might want to frame them. I might say with Sarah, okay, just a few questions to clarify. So I've kind of framed that these are now the types Types of questions that I'm asking so it doesn't feel too confrontational but they are really really important to reduce confusion
0: well I think one of the reasons our conversation went well is we both had acknowledged at the start of that conversation right there's a lot to get sorted and there's quite a lot of time pressure in the next 10 days so we were I think we were very much in the mindset of I don't think we were confused I don't think we would quite tipped to confusion But there is a fair bit of complexity and we were sort of going, well, to get some clarity in the midst of all of this, we need to do the clarifying questions. And so, again, I do think like just signalling, you know, oh, there's a lot for us to think about here. So let's just clarify exactly where we're going now or what to do next. I think just helps to reassure people that you're not doing it to be pedantic or to be overly reductive or to ignore the complexity Usually you're just doing it in the um, spirit of both progress, but also I think shared progress. So the next creating clarity technique is repeating yourself. So this is different to mirroring. So mirroring, you are repeating someone else. Here, you're basically saying the same thing a number of different times. This is probably the thing that comes up most when you read about leadership techniques on creating clarity. And I do think you have to be a bit careful here, because otherwise you could sound like a sort of leadership robot. <laughs> but but the classic thing here is, um, you know, people can only remember three things, which sometimes I think even three things is too many, depending on like how much you've got to talk about. But you sort of tell people what you're going to tell them. You tell them the actual things, and then you remind everybody what you've said. And I mean, I would never do it in such a formulaic way, but I think it is worth reminding yourself, whether it's email, a Teams message, a presentation you're doing in a meeting, if there is a lot of complexity or potential for confusion, you probably do want to over communicate. You probably want to say the same thing more than once in the same way. And I do remember working for a leader who definitely had a bit of a mantra of, the things that is most important so usually like goals or objectives she was like when i start getting bored i know i need to sort of keep going and sort of double it again till i'm really really bored essentially and and she was like she really saw that as part of her job of getting bored of saying the same thing over and over again because she said it never fails to surprise me how you know you think you've said it a million times but actually half people are still just sort of maybe they missed it the first few times they're still getting their head around it they've forgotten it we don't have very good memories and that when you do read about this generally like all leaders pretty much say over communication is so rarely a problem you so rarely come across leaders where their teams say oh god they just say the same thing on repeat if anything it's almost like you need to be on repeat to get cut through because you know everyone's jobs are so busy everyone's got four million things on their mind you've got your home life as well as your work life I think it's just empathizing with that and so if you really need to create clarity on something it's incredibly important if you're leading a big project or a team almost like knowing part of my job to do here is to repeat myself and I, I suppose that asking your question so what am I going to repeat myself on because obviously it's not everything but there might be two or three things we like right that's the
1: drumbeat that's the thing that I'm going to keep coming back to and authenticity here is really important. So that point that Sarah said about the leadership robot, you reminded me like earlier, early in my career, as was on a graduate scheme, a sales graduate scheme, and we went on some presentation training, you know, how to make, you know, your 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 presentation stick. And the advice that they gave to everybody, all the graduates on that training program was that you should start your presentations with a stat, like, a, you know, a data point. <laughs> and then, but then for like the next month, every presentation, you'd be like, any oh, grad, my <laughs> oh my, every presentation from every grad started with, (laughs) of people don't do this or like 72% and you'd be like oh and it just it it lost its authenticity and it's I don't know you just just you know you stop being interested in it really because it just felt a bit fake and forced so I think with all these techniques I practice ones but things like the sort of repeating yourself you know you don't it might be I've got three things I want to talk to you today or you know whatever it works whatever your structure is that works but I think finding that authenticity so it feels natural is really important. And last but not least in the creating clarity techniques is less is more when it comes to clarity. I kind of feel like I should stop there. You know, the whole point of less is more, but I feel like I just (laughs) need to explain it. I know, I need to explain it a teeny tiny bit. Um, It's just that sometimes we just put too many words into our conversations and our communications than we actually need. And if you were to look at it and think, well, what's the hundred word version? Or how could I condense this down into three bullets? or if I took out all the jargon, what would it sound like? Like really force yourself to create clarity in your communications. And if if you find that hard, and maybe you don't know where to start, this is where AI is your friend. Because there are lots of tools like WordTune and Grammarly, where you can take, let's say you've written an email out, you can take that email, you can copy and paste it into one of those tools or chat GPT or do it and you could say you know make this reduce this by 50 percent in terms of words or create a more succinct summary of this statement well, like whatever you want and it'll do it for you and i don't think you should always outsource the answer to ai because then you know not really you actually do brains are we you do become a robot yeah i don't think that is the answer but if you want a bit of a but what would What would it look like if I was already writing in this way? They might just give you some useful prompts for you to look at.
0: So hopefully they're helpful for all of us a lot of the time, I would imagine, in our working week. And we're now going to talk about five specific tactics that, again, we just think create clarity. And again, hopefully things that you can put into practice really quickly so the first tactic we're calling go back to the why. And this one I think works particularly well when you've got people doing loads of different things. I think this matters in big organizations where you can feel like a tiny fish in a very, very big sea swimming around. And it's definitely inspired by Adela. His what he talks about in that kind of hit refresh book. And so going back to the why might look like go back to what is your overall mission or ambition or goal, whatever you want to call it, whatever you do call it. So for us, for example, we always ask ourselves the question, will this help make squiggly careers better for everyone? So that's sort of a very high-level question. And going back to your values can also be incredibly helpful. So for us, we would always ask, you know, is this energetic? How are we being useful? Is the action really clear? are we practicing being work in progress? Because there are four values. Sometimes I think that's a bit easier if you're in a smaller organization, because we can all do that in Amazing If. We can go back to squiggly careers, better for everyone. We can go back to our four values. In a really big company, I think that's often why teams have team charters or ways of working documents or things like shared objectives that are very transparent. Because again, they are things to keep going back to And the reason that you go back to them, I think the going back to is really helpful. Like, what do we go back to that helps to create clarity? That would be a really good, propelling question, I think, to understand as a team and agree on as a team. Oh, we go back to our top three objectives.
1: Because they are a brilliant filter for clarity. So the second tactic that you might want to give a go is beginning, middle, end your meetings. This is a practical build on the point we're talking about about repeating yourself. So Let's say you have a meeting at the start of the meeting, you want to make sure that you're kind of setting the intention for the meeting. So the thing we want to talk about today is the presentation that we're doing to the board in two weeks time. And the aim is that by the end of the meeting, we are going to have a straw man of what that presentation is going to look like and who's saying what. So I've kind of created that clarity at the start of the meeting. Then at the middle of the meeting, you're going to check in on the progress. Okay, so we've been here for 45 minutes. We've got another 45 minutes left. I just want to check in on the progress. Are we moving in the right direction? Do we need to do anything different, for example? So you kind of do that middle check in. And then at the end, end of the meeting, you then kind of reconfirm where you're at. Okay, so we've got the board meeting in two weeks, what we've got through today is and what we're doing next is. And if you can beginning, middle, end your meetings, you can create an awful lot of clarity for people in the meeting who spent their you know, their time in there. And you also don't have to be the expert. I think that is the real trick with this. We are all in lots of meetings, where we probably don't have all the answers. And that's fine. But what we can still do is add an awful lot of value. In those meetings, by making sure that we're creating clarity for the people in them. And beginning, middle, ending your meetings is a way that you can do that. So, clarity tactic number three
0: is practice presenting the full picture. We are pretty much all one part of a bigger whole. And often I think we get very used to presenting our part or communicating our part. If we have to sort of see the whole or see something bigger than ourselves, you have to make sure you really understand and you can make sense of it to be able to communicate it to other people. So let's imagine, for example, in a team meeting, usually you might be like, well, I'll present my bit and then Helen will present her bit and then someone else will present their bit. And that's great. We definitely don't want to take people's sort of ownership away from the work that they do. But what it might mean instead is that I actually one week present a kind of joint picture of this work that Helen and I have been doing together. But I need to present all of it. And so when I suddenly have got that accountability, I might think, oh, but I don't know what Helen's done. And actually, I don't think I really understand this one thing. So if I get asked about it, I don't think I do a very good job. So I, I basically have to achieve clarity for myself to then be able to communicate clarity to other people. And it's just, we actually think this is quite a hard action. We were talking about this before. and We were like, oh, do we put this in? Do we not? And because also we obviously, we we were very kind of mindful of like, we don't want to like steal people's thunder. That's the opposite of what we're trying to achieve here. But I think if occasionally you create that discipline of going, well, I'm going to talk about something that I'm maybe not in day in, day out. I think it just helps to stretch that skill of creating clarity and knowing to Helen's previous point, you don't have to be the expert to be able to do this successfully it was at this point we realized that Helen is very very good at this and that's probably why she's incredibly successful in what she does in her career so that was, that was our
1: conclusion of this point S- Sarah's <laughs> very complimentary to me in this podcast but I, well, I was thinking about another way so you could present a colleague's like project or progress and they could do the same for you so you've got to dive pretty deep into their world to be able to do that or if that feels a bit uncomfortable you know what Sarah's saying well does that feel like I'm taking credit for their work I think an alternative thing you could do and this would have worked well for me when I was working in a big company is you could go and spend time in another department's meeting like go go and sit. So I was in marketing, for example, in Microsoft. I could have gone and sat in a meeting in sales or I could have gone and sat in a meeting in like the the partnership division or whatever. And then I could have listened and learned quite a lot. And then I could have played that back to my team. So I'm still kind of creating clarity because what I'm doing is I'm saying, oh, this is what they're working on. These are their priorities. These are the problems that they're struggling with at the moment. And just that act of Creating clarity in a world that you're not that close to, I think, is a really good way that you can stretch the strength. Because if all you're ever doing is talking about work that you already know about, yeah, how hard are you really trying to to develop this skill? Whereas if you go into a work you're not that familiar with, then, as Sarah said, you've got to listen, you've got to learn, you've got to interpret it, and then you've got to share it with other people, and that is stretching the strength in a more sophisticated way. And do you know what I realised when we were talking about this, and I
0: was uh, reflecting on this as an idea for action. I actually missed the opportunity to do that this morning. So we were having our usual start of the week team meeting and you and I were dividing up some stuff we need to talk to everybody about. And we both talked about the thing that we were probably most confident about or certainly certainly I did. And I nearly said to you at the time, I was like, oh, no, maybe I should talk about the other thing, because that's perhaps typically not what I would talk about. And I would have had to make sure I was really clear to have been able to do that so even like noticing I was like okay well that's like that's a good one for next time because it won't be the only time we ever talk about that so just spot those moments where you're like oh I could have done that but I sort of went back into what I'm very used to doing
1: our fourth is inspired by a meeting that I was in last week. It's Clarity Copilot. So, um this is I was in a meeting last week and again we were presenting on Teams and um, when I was presenting, they had enabled Microsoft Teams Copilot functionality which basically like as I was speaking was summarizing what I was saying quite a bit more succinctly than I think I was saying it because <laughs> I was talking for like 45 minutes and there was like a paragraph with a few bullet points and I was like yeah that that's sort of that that's sort of that and this is co-pilot functionality which we've actually not enabled in our in our company yet but I kind of saw it in action in, in that particular meeting and what Sarah and I was thinking was I mean for a start turn that on it might help you in a meeting to create some clarity for everybody because that conversation gets summarized pretty succinctly but also if you haven't got the tech like we've not got it at the moment you can sort of replicate that clarity co-pilot functionality for each other and um, like Sarah could be my clarity co-pilot she could spot you know where where I'm talking where I might be better creating clarity or where I'm creating confusion and feed that back to me and I've actually asked the team for this so I went to our team this morning and I asked some sort of clarity co-pilot questions about the questions I asked them was when do you think I best create clarity and then I asked them another question when do you think my actions create confusion and the feedback that I got was quite consistent so basically I create clarity when I'm good at summarizing what needs to be done when it needs to be done And then I create confusion when I'm rushing. So if I'm trying to rush, then often I don't give people the why behind the work. As Sarah said at the start, giving people that why is really important. And it seems to me from the feedback that I got to my team that I don't always do that because I'm rushing straight into the watch. But that's a really good way that my team have sort of been my clarity co-pilots because I've gone and asked them for that feedback. And what was interesting, because we did that as a bit of
0: a test pre-podcast, you got very fast feedback. And that's usually a sign that it's an easy question to answer. And I think that's a sign of a good feedback question. So someone isn't having to go like, Oh, I don't know how to answer that, or I'm struggling to come up with examples. They responded really quickly and you and you could spot it in yourself very fast. And you're like, right, okay, well, I've got something I can do do something with now. And then our final clarity tactic, which I think is my favourite, probably because it's the one that I use the most, is using visuals to create clarity. And visuals don't have to mean drawings, they might be sketches, they might be any kind of prototype. And it's inspired a bit by a quote that we've used before from IDEO, which is, if a picture is worth a thousand words, then a prototype is worth a thousand meetings. And you know, sometimes if you're going around in circles, I think if you're going around in circles, you're like, oh, we're going around in confusing circles, essentially. That's sort of the opposite of creating clarity because you just feel like you're sort of stuck in a spiral. Often, just trying to think about, well, can we? What could we do quickly? You know, if you're trying to create a website, for example, you you use something called SCAMPS, which is basically people just drawing on a bit of plain paper what might be on each web page, and it sounds like very fancy. But it's 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 not really you go, oh, we want some text here and we'd like a nice picture here and a diagram here. And I just think we could probably do that more than we appreciate. And a few times where I've not done this, I've definitely sometimes created confusion because I have got something in my head and I haven't got it out of my head, or maybe my words haven't been super clear. Whereas if I'd actually just sent a Quick sketch or even a diagram of something, we probably could have moved forward fast. Or someone would have spotted, oh, okay, I'd imagine something slightly different. And it is amazing how rubbish these visuals can be. Like, I could show you some examples that I have sent to people like our designer, where I mean, I literally have to put an apology before them because I'm like, I'm very sorry about this. But here's an image, and you're like, I mean, is it even an image? Could we even use that as a description? But what's funny is she sort of gets it really fast. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, I understand what you mean by this thing balanced on this thing over here. Whereas if I had tried to describe it, I could have definitely created confusion and a lot more work, which is sort of not helpful for anyone. So it doesn't always have to be a drawing. It could be a prototype. It could be just, you know, standing in a room with a flip chart, using a miro board, anything where sort of you're just starting to get out of your head and put something
1: down on a bit of paper, I think. Yeah, and you've got like, a like even on a slide, like you don't have to do the perfect slide, but you could be like, oh, it's something a bit like this. I think the trick here, and if you have an idea of what you think something could look like in your head, like if I'm saying to Sarah, oh, I think the way that we should run the team meeting is a bit like this. Like if you, in your head, you're like, I already have an idea of what I want to look like. I think it's getting that out of your head into some format as quick as you can. Like sometimes I don't have an idea what I want to look like. I might talk to the team and be like, oh, I think we should do something a bit like this. But I I can't visualise it. I can't see it. I haven't got the answers yet. If your brain has already gone forward from that point and started to almost create a mental sketch of what that could be i think it's worth getting that sketch into reality in some way and you're not trying to constrain someone else's creativity you're just trying to give them a starting place because otherwise they're trying to start from scratch and you've already got halfway there in your head and i think that's the bit we're trying to help people with so just to go back our creating clarity techniques are mirroring
0: summarizing clarifying questions repeating yourself and less is more. And our creating clarity tactics are go back to the why, beginning, middle, end your meetings, practice presenting the full picture, clarity co and visuals and
1: prototypes. And we will summarise all of those techniques and tactics in the pod sheets. We know we've covered quite a lot today, but we hope there's quite a lot of practical stuff that you can take away and try out too, and that pod sheet might make it a little bit easier for you. So that's
0: everything for this week thank you to everybody who continues to rate review subscribe and share we read them all it makes a really big difference to our week so if you ever fancy doing as a five minute favor any of those things make a massive difference to us and our ability to continue to grow all things squiggly careers but that's everything for this week thank you so much for listening i'm back with you again soon bye for now
1: bye everyone